and you're listening to another episode of the DNM's podcast mini series, Women in Business. This mini series is dedicated to bringing you all of the inspirational stories of the women who have proven that it is possible to achieve success in the Australian fashion industry. Today, I'm joined by an incredibly talented Melbourne-based designer, Effie Katz. How are you going today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's all good. Thanks for being here. So, as per DNM's tradition, before we get into it, Effie, what has been the pit and peak of your week so far? Pit and peak. Uh, pit would definitely have to be this morning. Got stuck behind some malfunctioning train lines and I was <laughs> late to an ARIA fitting, which Amazing. was not good. Yeah, that's not ideal. Peak. Peak? Peak hasn't come just yet, uh, but I'm actually shooting with Grazia tomorrow. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. That'd be that, cool. That's definitely <laughs> peak. Absolutely. Um, well, for me, my peak would be last night I had dinner with my niece and it was just really nice. Like, we haven't caught up in ages. I and mean, we had Thai food and it was just yum. I love so, Thai food. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, really, really great. I'm still thinking about it, obviously. So, as for my pit, I don't actually have one just yet, which is a nice change. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still early on in the week, <laughs> so I can't really complain too much. Anyway, let's move into the hot seat. So, mm-hmm. for those of you listening, anyone who is familiar with DMs, I'm going to fire a series of questions at you, Effie, and you just have to answer them with the first thing that comes to mind. Cool. So, question number one. If you had to pick one album to listen to for the rest of your life, what album would you pick? Ooh. I think it would have to be... Oh, there's two. Can I pick two? All right, let's go with two. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Maroon 5, Songs About Jane. Nice. Very classic, classics. Yeah. Classics. I'm all about the classics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay. Um, number two, who is your favourite Australian designer? My favourite Australian designer. That's really hard because I admire so many of them. I think every designer is kind of incredible, like incredibly talented in their own unique way. They've all got a sort of unique aesthetic. I think for me, the design aesthetic that resonates with me the most would have to be Alex Perry. And he's just had a long, solid career. I was going to say very long yeah. history. Yeah. yeah, and it's really tough to do that in the industry. So I definitely look up to him. Yeah, Amazing. Question number three, would you rather speak in front of a crowd every time you spoke or only ever speak to one specific person? Oh, that's hard. I think crowd because although I am sort of terrified of public speaking, yep. <laughs> um, I'd probably get used to it after yeah. a while and, and enjoy that more than just speaking to one person. Yeah, and I think it'd give you more purpose as well. Like if you know Definitely. a lot of people listening, like you'd want to say something worthwhile, I guess. E- exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, question number four, what do you think has been your greatest asset so far in business? I think there's two... There's two things that kind of work hand in hand. Mm-hmm. One is the ability to sense where the market's going and adapt and change probably quicker than anybody else. Yep. And then the other would have to be picking trends. So I, I, can, I can pick a trend before it's become a trend. And that's definitely an asset to have. Yes. So I, um, with my previous brand, Zachary, I I remember Prada and some of the higher end fashion houses doing corsets, like external corsets. And I was like, I think that's going to be massive. So I started producing corsets and yeah, we, we had actually quite a few really good runs with them before they hit the main mainstream and then they were just saturated. They were everywhere. So 
Yeah. That's amazing. In this industry, that is one thing that you don't want to miss out on. No, you've got to hit it while it's hot or just before. Before, Yeah, Yeah, just before, really. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And question number five, fifth and final, what are three adjectives that you would use to describe yourself? I would say I'm driven, Mm -hmm. empathetic. Yeah. Emotionally intelligent, which is very important in business. Yes. Yes. Three. Done. All right. So with that, let's begin. For a bit of context, Effie, you and your work came onto my radar when I was about 17. So roughly about five years ago, Mm -hmm. I was looking for a dress for my 12 formal and my friend showed me this brand that she was absolutely obsessed with. And when she got her dress, she was over the moon. And this dress was from the brand Zachary the Label. Mm -hmm. So for those of you listening, you'll soon understand why I really wanted to work with Effie on this series. And I think that her experiences embody everything that we are really trying to preach. But first, I'd like to talk about what you're doing now. So Effie, you're currently running three brands. So you've got (laughs) Effie Cats, Base and... And Dead End Lovers. Tell us a bit about them. Okay, so Effie Cats, uh, I started as I had exited Zachary. Basically, I, I really had no idea what direction to take. I'd taken some time off just to sort of regroup. And then I, I kind of identified a, a gap in the market with women's tailoring. And I identified again that suits were starting to come through in a really strong way with high-end fashion houses. And I knew that would start to trickle down quickly so I wanted to hit that trend really hard before anybody else it's solely focused on custom at the moment which means that we can sort of adapt and move really quickly it's like it's my passion project at this point so I'm I'm keeping it small for now so that I can move quickly in whatever direction I need to and then when I'm ready to sort of commit and it feels right I'll do that. So that's that. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> and then base is so Zachary used to produce these ribbed garments, so like bodysuits, and they were always such a really strong seller for us. And I, I extracted that aspect of the business, and I created a business model based on that because everybody always needs basics. Yeah. So we have our core ribbed pieces. We kind of you know substitute some styles every season and colors and introduce some you know fashion pieces just to keep the brand sort of evolving yeah start in a stylistic sort of way but yeah that's more like mass I don't like the word mass market but we we wholesale the brand so we definitely target a wider audience with that and then yeah dead and lovers was basically just a way for me to generate cash flow with Zachary I sort of had lost everything financially so I needed to make money quickly yep. <laughs> and easily because clothes is not it's it's a longer process oh, absolutely. so yeah I found this wholesaler and I just started buying because I've always loved buying like accessories it's yeah it's a smaller passion of mine and I just put that I guess into a brand so how long have these brands been around for? So Effie Cats, I, I guess unofficially kind of launched, but I started in April of last year. Okay, yeah. Base brand, I started in December last year. Yeah. Um, and then Dead End Lovers, same same sort of time frame. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So all, wow, all at once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are... So for base and dead end lovers, they are mostly online. 
So base is online, but it's also wholesale. So to various, you know, boutiques, we're stocked oh, nationally. Right. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so one thing I really love about your work is that it seems that you like to put an emphasis on inclusivity and accessibility mm. as well where you can. So why is something like that important to you? It's important to me for a few reasons. I think I personally, or well, I draw on my life experiences and from a very early age, I was bullied which a lot of people go through. But that sort of changed the way I thought about things. It did make me more sort of empathetic and it made me more conscious, I guess, of people's feelings. And um, I wanted to create a space where women can come and feel good about themselves. Women of all ages, shapes and sizes, that was something that was really important to me. And I think when you start to operate like that, it shines through. It, it shines through and, and it, it attracts it, it attracts people because there's a, a genuine sort of element to it that people, I think people aren't getting from retailers and they really, they want to connect. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah. And in terms of not just designing but also running businesses, what values do you kind of hold core to you? And the way you do things. I think it's really important to maintain your integrity. That's one one thing for me. I know that, you know, a lot of people do business. And they make, you know, kind of really cutthroat decisions that aren't really great for others. But I don't necessarily believe that's how you have to do things. And I've been on the receiving end of that. And that's something I will never lower myself to. So that's something I'll always maintain. I love that. And like you said, it is kind of rare to come across in this industry because a lot of people do feel like it is cutthroat. It totally. Is. And because you do have to work extremely hard to get to where you want to be. People are protective of that, I think. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of go about it the wrong way. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but it's, it is something that people do have to be aware of mm. in the industry. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 29. 29. So do you feel like, I mean, considering you've, you've had quite a few years mm. operating businesses and things like that do you feel like you've had to sacrifice your youth per se to pursue your career I think uh yes and no because I've been doing what I love and I think when you're starting out in business you know the first couple of years it's really hard because you don't have of a, a social life you know that that one Saturday night where you let loose can affect you for the next couple of days which yeah. I just don't have you know so Given that I do love what I do, I don't feel like I've sacrificed anything. I feel like I've been working my whole life towards feeling good with where I'm at and I'm finally feeling that way, which is amazing. So I think, if anything, no. Amazing, because I think that's, again, another conception that people have, that if you want to work hard and if you have big goals, goals that to take on yourself and actually work for yourself, mm. then there are you know a lot of sacrifices but there is that flip side to it absolutely I think it's only a sacrifice if you're not passionate about it nicely put so how do you balance three brands and the reason why I ask this is because just the idea of starting a brand or starting any business can be really intimidating to some people and there are risks and investments involved not just of money but of energy and time and things like that so how do you find a balance uh I don't have much of a balance at the moment it kind of consumes (laughs) my my whole universe it's having the right systems in place so I'll know on a particular day that's the day I work on base 
the other days it's you know when I'm seeing my clients I have an amazing personal assistant who schedules everything so that I'm not manic yep. and I think structure is a really key element to balancing all of that which is something that has taken me a long time to have by nature I'm a more chaotic kind of personality (laughs) my car's very messy like you know it doesn't come naturally to me but I think when you employ people that have qualities that you lack that's smart because those people will help you get to where you need to to get to so support networks yeah absolutely and that provides a a little balance in that sense right so what do you think has been the most challenging thing about starting your own business I think the start is the scariest because there's not much momentum things are slower you might only have you know three customers a week or you know three online orders whatever it is and that can be really overwhelming for people and I think that's where a lot of people sort of give up from that point because they just think oh I'm not getting sales like it's not that's it yeah it's not working that's it you know not for me and and they move on but that's just fear once you push past that that barrier you know that's where the magic happens I guess but it's a big sort of waiting game yeah absolutely you know I think think it's safe to say fortunately you've learned a lot about business the hard way Mm. and I'm not saying that's meant to be easy nor should it but why don't we chat a little bit about how you actually got started so if you talk me through Zachary the label and how old were you when you launched Zachary so when I launched Zachary I was 23 years old Mm -hmm. I basically I was shopping for a dress for a wedding and I was at uni so you know I didn't have a lot of money and I was trying to find you know something that was nice that wasn't going to break the bank and I really couldn't I went to Kukai and at the time you know everything was really sort of simple and basic but affordable Um, and then you know, there was like Manning Cartel on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which was like $500 and above. And I ended up spending all my savings on this dress and I was devastated, but I loved the dress. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, why isn't anyone feeling this? I, I, I couldn't comprehend it. So I went to my dad with the idea. We have a workroom, which you just saw yep. um, that I was working out of. And that's, you know, he was like, okay, great. So how are you going to fund this? What are you going to do? And I was like, well... You know, I'll work for you because he does men's suits. So I'll work for you. I'll serve your clients and I'll generate the income to slowly, slowly pay for it. Yeah. But we had no idea about stretch garments or I didn't study fashion. So I had no idea about garment construction or anything. So it was a huge learning all in that that building. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But everything kind of, look, everything came into place in a really sort of organic way. I think when you set your mind and intention towards something, something that seems impossible somehow comes to be as long as you maintain that line of sight yeah you know absolutely like if you've got an idea and you believe strongly enough in it totally and and believe in yourself really yeah um I've just always I guess had this blind like belief in myself that I was just gonna make it happen yeah I didn't know how but I was just gonna do it and you know what that is probably one of the most valuable things that someone can have especially if they're trying to do something for themselves that's yeah an asset that you can't really replace with anything else I guess well I think lack of confidence is what kills dreams yeah you know and then people get stuck in this monotonous like 
you know, nine to five working for someone else, you know, they're not living their passion, they're not living their truth because you can make a hundred excuses and I, I certainly could have, but that's just not the life I wanted. Yeah. So I didn't, I just didn't accept any less. So how did you feel being so young and taking a step that big? I think in my mind, I always wanted to be great. So it wasn't the step that scared me. And, you know, Zachary succeeded quite quickly. Yeah. What I feared was how to keep up with it all. And that's where things sort of spiralled. And that's that's where the real fear came for me. So tell us what Zachary was. Like, what were your intentions with the brand? I basically wanted to be that bridge in between, you know, your higher fashion brands and then, you know, your really basic, affordable pieces. I, I said I wanted to be the Tom Ford of the everyday woman. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how long were you running the label by yourself? Well, I was doing it through my family business and that was from 2013 to the very start of 2016. Okay. So then what happened? So a lot of production mistakes were happening and because we were running at really large volumes we were losing a lot of money I was having a lot of issues with faulty garments and I needed someone who knew what they were doing and I had been approached by a gentleman who positioned himself to know you know what I needed and yeah I got an investor right so in hindsight what do you wish you had been more aware of myself yeah yeah I wish I had believed in myself more I didn't and I felt like what other people were telling me was what I should listen to when I was ignoring my gut instinct and I was just full of fear and the more the situation spiraled out of control the more I spiraled into self-doubt and honestly it got to a point where I it was just like sheer terror yeah you know losing something that had been my my baby I guess you know it was it become a household name and I I just did everything in my power to protect it but I compromised every single one of my own personal values and just lost well everything and and myself in the process so that was a really difficult thing to go through I can imagine yeah so after all of that where did it leave you um in my bathrobe pacing up and down my mom's backyard (laughs) Uh, which was not, yeah, my uh, my mind was the scariest place to be in. Because I am so driven and I have these high ambitions, I really, you know, I was grieving and I was emotionally depleted and I was scared. You know, my biggest thing is confidence in my ability and that was just completely diminished through that whole process. Um, and I couldn't design. Yeah, I just... Not a great place to be. No, no, yeah. no, absolutely so, not. Effie, what was the turning point? I um, had started uh, dating someone just as I was in the process of losing the company, which was one of the most difficult times to meet someone. Um, uh, but he'd sort of really stuck by me, which was incredible. And I think um, everybody comes into your life for a reason. And absolutely. I think he definitely came into my life then for that reason because he saw in me what I couldn't see in myself at the time and he said to me you know you were Zachary 
people love you. And I was like, that's not true. I'm not the one with the followers. Zachary, you know, the, the Zachary Instagram was taken from me, which was what I planned to start out again with. So yeah. that that was a sort of turning point for me where, you know, my partner at the time said to me, you need to present your style to people. They want to connect with you. They want to see more from you. You've always invested in growing, you know, Zachary, the brand. You never invested in yourself. So now's the time. And I'd be in bed like, oh, my life's over. And he'd be like, get up, put these jeans on, put these shoes on. We're going to take photos. And he would take photos. Like he would style me up and he'd take photos, which is something that was so foreign to me because I never saw myself certainly not a model Um, but I had no other avenue but to go down that road so I had to get over it and we would take like 500 frames and I'd be happy with like one or two Um, but I started posting pictures of myself in outfits and and selling you know what I was wearing just little bit by little bit so I came back to the warehouse here that's how it all began again so but how quick was the turnaround between leaving Zachary and starting Effie Cats? So I exited the company in November yep. 2017. The company officially went into administration in March 2018. And then come April, I had started Effie Cats. So oh, wow. it was yeah, five, a very quick turnaround. Well, it was a long five months for yeah. me. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I really rarely left the house at that at that time so I just felt like I was in Groundhog Day but yeah five months. So look things have come a long way since then and like for those of you listening you've not only just signed on to management but you had a bit of a Brownlow moment the other day yes. you mentioning the ARIA awards before mm-hmm. so Effie I think it's safe to say that in a short amount of time you've come a long way with Effie Cats and with Base and with Dead End Lovers so so far what has been the highlight of your work? I think definitely dressing Kelly Rowland, going to her house and measuring her up. I was just kind of like, I just had this surreal moment of, you know, I went through this intense period of just loss and just feeling absolutely destitute to I'm sitting in Kelly Rowland's lounge room. Yeah. You know, it was like, whoa, I've done this. Yeah. You know, that was really cool. That is actually incredible. And that was yeah. your voice, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Look, again, I'd like to reiterate here that you didn't get here just by luck. You've worked on your craft first and foremost, and you've gone through what I definitely describe as a business heartbreak, and mm. you've come out stronger for it. So what's next? Well, base is looking at further expansion. So we're oh, okay. working on that, which yep. is cool. And for the Effie Cats brand, I've, I've tried to be really careful not to... Take it to a place, I guess, that it becomes all, you know, budget driven and it just kind of sucks the soul out of it. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure out how to present to the market in a unique way, something no one's ever done before, but also not lose my love and passion for it. So that we're working on that process now because I think a wider consumer wants to access the brand, but it's difficult because it's custom customs a little bit more expensive as well and not everybody's here in Melbourne or Sydney so we're working on how to bring it to a wider audience okay that's exciting Mm. that's so exciting because I know so many people who they want that experience they want especially for a special event or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like it's something that 
you know, it's not just the product that they're getting, it's the experience behind it and totally. the experience that they're bringing it to. Totally. There's just so much more to it. So our time with Effie is coming to an end, but before we go, Effie, with your experiences in mind, do you have any advice for people listening who might already have a small business or wanting be wanting to get into a business in the industry? I think it's resilience is key. Yeah. So you you know, there are times where you really have to just weather the storm and ride that out. You know, there are times where, you know, even I've been quiet at periods and I'm like, oh my God, have I lost my touch? What's going on? But it's just the nature of the industry that we're in. So you just have to remain resilient and keep your eye on the prize. Stay focused and don't give up. And you know what? I think a lot of people need to sort of take that on board. So with that, we have one last thing to cover before we go. Another DNM's tradition mm-hmm. is to tell people uh, what we're loving this week. So that can be anything from like books, movies, anything. My new skincare. Oh, okay. Yes. Tell us a bit about it. So I've been struggling with my skin mm-hmm. for months. Yep. <laughs> this is so not relevant to anything I've been doing. But yeah, I, I just, I have struggled with it. And I just started a new skincare regime. And just this week, it's kind of really cleared my skin so that was with liberty bell oh okay and it's been amazing so i'm obsessed with that this week oh i love it <laughs> well for me it's a little bit different but last night on facebook i saw an article about the brand major the shoes yes yes they're releasing their first line of running shoe that's completely ethical so like the shoe is amazing. made of like rice waste sugar cane and banana oil like amazing. how um but it actually looks so cool like it's not just one of those things that they've kind of like whipped together like the design of it is really really interesting that's awesome i'll have yeah. to check that out yeah. the other thing Ooh. before i go because yeah. this is so important i can't believe i thought of skincare before i th- <laughs> thought of these not that i'm loving it but i'm very increasingly aware and just educating myself on this topic climate change same so important yeah and just the retail industry contributes so much to it being sustainable implementing sustainable practices is so important and that's something that i'm you know, more and more exploring every day. Yeah. Because we have one planet. We don't get a planet B, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And it's something that, you know, you can do your bit to help. So why not actually try? Absolutely. And I think if we all start to voice, you know, and and back this, that's when change really happens. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And look, with that, Effie, I can't thank you enough for DNMing with me. So thank you so much for being here. You can find Effie and her brands on Instagram at Effie Cats, and I will link Base and Dead End Lovers in the show notes as well. You can also inquire about custom pieces via her website, which I will also link in the show notes. You can find us on DNM's podcast and via email at hello.dnms at gmail.com. Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. This series would not have been possible without the help of the La Trobe University ASSC team. Once again, I would like to thank Rosalia Russian, Sarah Koginos and Effie Katz. We will be back with more episodes of Women in Business in 2020. For now, don't forget to tune in to Season 3 of D&Ms with D and M, the podcast by two women who are trying to make sense of the world one episode at a time.